Welcome to Your Own Words, a podcast that celebrates the love of reading with real people and real books, both critically acclaimed and slated. Listeners are encouraged to read along and join the journey to the libraries of friends newly discovered. This podcast may contain spoilers, feminist rants, curse words and mispronunciations of names, cities and more. Still in 2020. It's been a while now. Yeah. I don't mind it though. You don't mind 2020 so far? No, I like the symmetry of it. The symmetry of it? Yeah. Oh, you mean like the number? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What an incredible opportunity for a segue. (laughs) Because we're talking about a book that involves numbers today. Cool. That was not your best word. I know. I'm rusty. I don't know who I am in 2020 yet. Allison. Should we um, dive in? I'm really, like, I'm just going to get it off my chest. I know I did before we press record, but I'm very nervous about today's episode. That's okay. We're here to support you. Like, for eight million reasons. Eight, eight million is a number. Do you know what today's about? Oh, numbers. Yeah, my nemesis. right back Nemesis. 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 I don't know. Who knows? We're not good at words either, apparently. <laughs> Fantastic. Should um, we just, like, go into it and and stop the flailing... I feel like we're flailing around in a, a sea of nothingness. <laughs> yeah. And I can't swim anyway. So me neither. Can you not swim? No. I have no idea. I never learned how to swim. Wow, me neither. Why can't you swim? I just never learned. I grew yeah. up with a swimming pool as well. That's mad. Yeah, what? It is. You grew up with a swimming pool? Yeah. You can't swim? Nobody taught me. I have no idea you couldn't swim. Play this small wow. violin for me. Thanks, I'm parents. Me also. Like, I'm, yeah, cool. Yeah. Let's both. Let's go take adult (laughs) swimming lessons together. (laughs) Let's go to beaches and be the people that walk in a little bit with their feet and then run away. No, like I have no interest in being submerged in water. mm. Like I like the land. I like the idea. I like I can like like walk into it. I love a bath. Yeah, that's I'm cool with that. Yeah, that's maybe our limit. And we're back, (laughs) banter. City, it's so good. And I learned something about you. That's so cool. After all this time, another thing we have in common. I mean, there's not enough. <laughs> there's not enough tape in this uh, recording session yes. for that. Settle in, folks. <laughs> Whew, that's a long yeah. list. Anyway. Um, all right, who's doing what again? Uh, I'm synopsis pods. Oh, so I get to start. Nemesis pods. Great. So uh, I will tell you about today's author. His name is Daryl Cunningham. Uh, he is a British cartoonist and writer of. Psychiatric Tales. That's a title, not just tales about psychiatry. <laughs> uh, so he's written Psychiatric Tales, Science Tales, Super Crash, How to Hijack the Global Economy, and Graphic Science, all factual-based books that explore subjects as diverse as mental health, science, economics, and politics. He has given talks at the London School of Economics and the City of Arts and Lights, Valencia. In 2015, he was one of 30 world-renowned photographers, painters, sculptors, writers, filmmakers, and musicians who were invited to contribute to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation's Art of Saving a Life project to promote vaccination in the developing world. Cool. Uh, in 2018, he was awarded an honorary degree of Master of Arts from Leeds Arts University, uh, which is where he graduated from. Uh, and yeah, that's basically the bio that's come from Myriad Publishing, <laughs> published the book we're talking about today, because I couldn't find a wealth of information on him. Uh, Do you but know who we'd get on really well with, though? Who? Stephen King and Neil Gaiman. 
Because that's a list of shit, isn't it? I know. I can do this and this and this yeah. and this and this. Congratulations. And I also do this. And what are yeah. you doing with your life? Learning to swim, Daryl. <laughs> I just love, I love to <laughs> shit talk authors that have written books that we enjoy. Yeah. It's, Screw it's you. great. Hopefully he'll retweet this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Daryl. Can you swim, though, Daryl? He probably can. He probably can. Yeah. Oh, damn it. He's probably a swimming teacher. Could be. Masters in arts and swimming. Christ. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Welcome which of those many, <laughs> many books that we're talking about today? Yeah. So in Super Crash, Darrell Cunningham's investigation takes us to the heart of free world politics and the financial crisis as he, trace, as he traces the roots of our age of selfishness to the right wing thinkers of the previous century in three fascinating chapters, Ayn Rand, Super Crash and the Age of Selfishness. Cunningham draws a fascinating portrait of the new right in the charismatic Ayn Rand, whose soirees were attended by the young Alan Greenspan. He shows how the US neocon have hijacked the economic debate and led the way to a world dominated by apparently unstoppable market forces. Cunningham both explains the superclash of 2008 and shows us what led up to it. He examines the neurological basis of political thinking and asks why it is so difficult for us to change our minds, even when faced with powerful evidence that a certain course of action is not working. He takes a fascinating look at research carried out on the psychological differences between liberals and conservatives and suggests how their traits are defined as specific political and economic policies. That very detailed synopsis is from Waterstones. Waterstones has good synopsis. They're, they're really good. They've been really good. Like the last four or five have come from there, yeah. I think. Also, what is this <laughs> book about? Does that make sense? Why do you, you think I was scared? There's, so wait, which big word did we have in this? Um... U.S. neocons is good. Economic debate always scares me. Neurological basis of political thinking. Neurological basis of political thinking. I don't know. So why don't I? Guys. Why don't I just introduce the genius that decided uh-huh. to throw a book at us that made us want to curl up in, in a tiny ball under the table and cry? But we're really happy we read it. All right. So our guest today is Fahad Brahman. Uh, he was born and raised in London. After a career as a solicitor, so he's definitely smarter than us, uh, he now works in social media. Mar- he's shaking his head because he's very polite. Uh, he now works in social media marketing. Uh, he is a self-proclaimed mediocre British jiu-jitsu purple belt and writes comic book stories, which is very exciting because I don't know if it was clear from our introductions. This book is a graphic novel. Bum, bum, bum. So this it's is it's a picture pictures. book. Uh, so Fad, thank you and welcome. You can talk now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you take over. Yeah, we're yeah. we're going to leave yeah. you to it for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come back. Thank, uh, thanks for having me, guys. It's, yeah. Uh, no, it's, uh, I mean, surprising pleasure. We were so ready to not have anything to say about this. Yeah. But, um, yeah. What a joy. I'm, yeah. I'm going to start. All I want to do is immediately say why this book. But let's save. Let's save that. That is kind of save the main the, the main <laughs> thing for the podcast. This is our first, we should maybe say that this is our first graphic novel. It's our first graphic novel. Um, of what, 13 something books. So this yeah. is this is exciting and terrifying because I've never spoken about a graphic novel. I think novel I've only read one other graphic on novel. Yeah. Per- Persepolis? <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's a good one. So that's good. very good, yeah. That is a good yeah. one, yeah. Which made me cry, and I was like, oh, graphic novel can make you cry. That was the graphic novel that proved to me that graphic, graphic novels, novels are amazing. Um, yeah. So thanks for bringing another one to my attention. Although this, this is the subject matter yeah. Yeah. was scary. Slightly different. <laughs> Anywhere I see a word relating to numbers, like big, I run away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. 
So before we get into those numbers, let's talk about you. Let's get to know you as a, as a human, as a reader, as a person. So we will start. I think this is a really cool question that I really like. So you've got an hour to spend in a bookstore slash library. Where do you start? What is your like trajectory when you walk in? Okay, so the obvious answer is I head for the graphic novel section and see what's there. Yeah. Um, then I would probably head over to sort of like the sci-fi fantasy section and then I would head over to like the crime and thriller section. I really love my genre fiction. I'm not much for sort of like literary um, literary fiction. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing at Beck. You know, you know, Dickens accepted, of course, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I think those would be my my first sort of like three priorities. Nice. Really, sort of like I love genre fiction, I love graphic novels, and yeah. So yeah. you take in a range of space in that library slash bookstore. Yeah, yeah. You're not like a one size book fits all, one context book. I mean, the nice thing about going for graphic novels is that they they're in their own section, but there's so many genres in there so mm. I could have like something as dense as like Super Crash or something light in there so I think it's like just to see kind of what the selection would be would be quite quite interesting yeah, yeah. which is something you introduced to me with this book 100% because I had not really thought although I like obviously knew that graphic novels could could tell any kind of story and could be used in lots of ways and there's definitely over the last few years been a bit of a move to put quite difficult concepts into a, a more visual format yeah. to kind of help people connect with them but it wasn't i'd never really twigged before that i could use them almost like a in the same way i would use like a historical book or a philosophical yeah. book or, or a non-fiction text explaining to me the history of what whatever the subject is i mean that, it, it's an odd way sort of we in england look at graphic novels i think if you go over to sort of japan they've got such a wide range of sort of like subjects that they cover sort of Belgium and France have got a massive um, comic book scene. They cover a wide range. And the same in the United States. You know, that comic books is kind of uniquely American format in a lot of ways. It's just here in the UK, like, the perception is it's just superheroes or yeah. sort of, like, nerdy, geeky With stuff. It's not because of Shakespeare, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, I think that's what it is. Which is a shame because some of the most influential sort of uh, graphic novel creators are British, you know, guys like Gaiman and, you know, yeah, Alan Moore and stuff like that. You know, I had no idea that this guy was. I was trying to work it out as I was reading it. I was yeah. like, "Where is he from?" I didn't until you told me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Well, I wasn't sure was at first, but because he covered so much, uh, obviously of the American yeah. kind of political yeah. landscape, I wasn't sure at first either um, until I looked into him. But yeah, this was definitely for me too. Uh, this makes me kind of want to step step into that graphic novel section because I don't think I ever yeah. have gone into that section of a, a bookstore I, I can give you more recommendations you if you want to yeah. <laughs> step into this honestly so yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah I have read some it's, and I, I've probably got sort of maybe 10, 12 on my bookshelf but they're things that I would read very sporadically and it's not the section that I would go into and it's normally because people were recommending me something and it's normally been my illustrator friends who have recommended it so in my mind I'm looking at it for the, the visual aspect and I'm less not in a not because I don't think it's a good story, but because I've been recommended it by an illustrator, I sort of think, oh, they want me to look at the see art. The, the art of it. Um, but yeah, I, I, for some reason, I I've loved things and then I've not gone back to it. And I, I reading this, I thought oh, I really need to spend more time in that section of the bookshop. Yeah, yeah. What was it that 
drew you to graphic novels and, and comics originally? Were you always just from a kid? or was yeah, it... I mean, kind of always since I was a kid. I think I picked up my first comic book, which I think was like a it was like one of those comics that had like four different stories in there. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a Ghost Rider story in there, and then there was a couple of a super. So I've always loved comic books, um, and I kind of went away from it a little bit, sort of in my teens. And then when I started um, uh, started studying my A levels, I needed to spend a bit of time in the library, and they had like a graphic novel section. Then I discovered things like. Uh, Watchmen and V for Vendetta and um, Mouse and stuff like that. So that really got me kind of Mouse back is in. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was tempted. I was tempted to suggest Mouse, Mouse as the book, so but it, I thought, well, this book kind of makes you angry. Mouse is like ultra kind of like depressing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of like you yeah. Love Mouse actually. Yeah. Mouse is brilliant. Mouse, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's one that I definitely remember reading. Thinking. Yeah. Graphic novels are so cool. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, we yeah. love depressing books here. <laughs> Your <Yeah>. own words. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it's better to maybe start 20... Well, I don't know. Is it better to start 2020 angry? I guess we already are. <laughs> I, yeah. It's kind of the status I'm still, quo. still angry. <laughs> Speaking of 2020, do you, do you set reading goals for yourself? Like, do you have any kind of goals for this year of, like, things you want to accomplish as a reader? Uh, yes, there are. Um, I went through a bit of a reading drought last year. So I think I only read about five books. So I want to kind of pick that up again a lot more. Um, and I've kind of set myself the goal, goal to learn how to speed read as well. So I want to see if I can kind of complete a book in like three or four days rather than spending like a week. In a, oh, okay, you can do that. Yes. She's always having a go because I read so quickly. Yes. Like, I've just Obnoxious. started a book. Just finished a book. Going to start another book. Like, so I'm just yeah. like, are you actually getting any of that into I your I just brain? look at the cover. That's what you do, right? <laughs> yeah. like you look First at the cover page, and you last it. page. Yeah. And then you died. Woo. Yeah, so yeah. those are kind of my goals is just nice. read at least 15 to 20 books and yes. then, yeah, learn how to speed read. I think once well. you, when you read, because I also before we were doing this we went through a complete drought where Same. I've gone from like reading loads from, from uni and just as uh, when I was young reading all the time and then just not like reading sort of four or five books a year and really not reading and I noticed I was so much slow when I was reading them I could it would take me like a week two weeks and then as I started reading more like I'm just bashing through them it's just the, the brain gets so used to reading and looking at the page in that way that it, it just kind of the muscle I guess it's the same as you do exercise isn't it it's like mm. you get quicker and quicker just in the practice of doing it yeah I mean I think the trap that I kind of fell into was that what I used to do was read on the tube a lot and I listen to podcasts instead yeah. <laughs> and Same it's just kind of like yeah. you know once you get into that habit it's kind of like well I use my brain yeah. and then or I can just sit back and relax and shut the world out so it's just I feel that's kind of what happened with yeah. me yeah to be fair like the Traveling has always made more sense to podcast for listening than reading. I do find it a weird environment to read a book if I'm on a bus or a tube or a, a train. Not so much, but th- those two, I I struggle to focus a bit. Yeah, when you're like listening, transferring is, trains, or yeah, you've got like loud people around you. It's it's not the best environment to, to read. I think I still do it. Yeah, I I now am like so. I've got. A, I'm in this place where I need to be conscious of the fact that like it's like I always need to have a companion one way or another. So like. From the walk between my house 
and the train station. I'll have a podcast on, then I'll pause it when I can finally open the book. And then, like, while I'm walking between train, like, it's it's a bit much. And then, like, when I fall asleep, I'm like, you need to remember what silence is but like. But this is where audiobooks have, like, really put, since I read Testament, me and audiobooks are exactly like that. Because I'm now doing two books at once because I'll listen to one when I'm doing the walking and the traveling. And then when I get home, I'll stop and I'll read a book. And that's, yeah, I'm doing the same thing in that, in that way. So I'm getting know. through two books in two days instead of, like, which is super obnoxious. I'm such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> How many books have you read this second? Well, I just have to check my Goodreads. She is a dick. That's, yeah. I can confirm. <laughs> um, yeah, do you have any reading bad habits? We've had some quite bad habits on the podcast so far. Um, no one is worse than Katie. Sorry, Katie. I would well, luck dropped her book in the bath. She did bath. drop her book in the bath. That's <laughs> an was, accident. She was probably learning to swim at the time. <laughs> I, I think really the only bad habit that I've got with, with books is kind of, I, I just lose, I borrow a lot of books from the library um, because I'm out of work. So um, I can't really afford to buy them at the moment. I, I just lose track of time when I'm supposed to be returning them. So I usually have to pay quite heavy fines, which means I should have, probably bought, bought the book books. in the first place <laughs> are you going to yeah. do your world of books you look like you were going to do no i was about to say i got really excited at the end of last year and went to my local library yeah. and i took out a tony morrison book i was like i can bash through this in two seconds it's like tiny um haven't started it haven't returned it renewed it once when my fines were already up to 450 which means i could have bought it on i could have bought it yeah. on world of books twice at that price <laughs> And after I renewed it, I'm now getting late fees or late reminders again, and have just been ignoring them, which means God knows what I'm up to. Yeah, I should have bought. I'm the a book. really responsible library card owner. You just got a library card. I just card. got it like ten days ago, and I have not fucked it up yet. Yeah. Have I you have... borrowed anything on it yet? No, but that's not the point. <laughs> I've got no late fees. I'm not in trouble. I went. I perused the library. I said hello to the man. I'm well liked in N4 library. Really happy for mm-hmm. you. I'm probably yeah. banned. Do you know what my issue is? Though that I'm going to struggle to take things out because they've got these stupid plastic covers on the books, and <laughs> I hate those plastic covers. Those stupid oh, plastic yeah. dust jacket yeah. things. Covers. And I was walking around. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to take any of these books out. Yeah, you like can't maybe, take them out of the cover. Am I allowed to leave the cover at the library? And then no. Bring it they were You you would have to take it out of the library. Go home. Go take, take it, it off. Out. Pray to God you don't, don't mess that shit don't up. Put it in the bin. <laughs> And then put it back on before you returned it. Yeah, so that's going to be an issue for me. I'm gonna. That's I, that's why I haven't yet taken a book out because Unbelievable. I'm going to struggle with the, the unnecessary plastic ja- dust jacket. That brings us very nicely <laughs> to the big question. To the big question. And you can leave after this. It's <laughs> no, I need to know why he chose this book. He is not going anywhere. <laughs> that door is not locked, but <laughs> just pretend it is. Welcome to the podcast. You will be locked in a room until we get the answer that we want from you. We're going to come into a and basement we'll let you strangers. Out. <laughs> yeah. Alison is very angry. It's 2020. Like, you're not going anywhere. Person. I'm Canadian for God's sake. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that is true. How are you enjoying the royal family now? Uh, I mean, I'm. <sighs> That's another podcast. <laughs> All right. So you're a listener. You know what's up. For those who don't know, this, no one is going to randomly pick out this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have to ask: Are you team paper for paperbacks or team plinth? I can get my plinth out for if you like. That's for after. Okay. Uh, team paper, team plinth. I, I'm, I'm going to give you a fudged 
answer. Ah, another <laughs> one. Fine. So if, if it's you a, people got to stop doing that because I was doing so well and so you f- started fudging things. Yeah. So what I'd say, if it's a graphic novel, then I do like a hardback, fancy graphic novel hardback. I don't think I've ever seen a graphic novel I hardback. I have. And oh, there's some oh, really okay. nice beautiful. ones. Cool. Really, really beautiful hardback. Oh, I have some Moomin hardback graphic novels actually yeah. that is fair they are pretty I wanted to say let the man finish but he's going to finish by saying something about paperback yeah. so maybe we shouldn't but if it's just a regular book I do like a paperback that I can just shove into my bag mm-hmm. and, and read normally yeah. so yeah I feel like we need a third category yeah. but then everyone would just everyone opt for the third, third category the third. That, so, is yeah. a, that is a you, you do raise a good point there because I do have some I think most of the graphic novels I have are hard, and they're quite big. Yeah. And they're like, but that is because you kind of do want to spread it out like a work of it art. It is a piece of art. Yeah. So it is a different reading experience. So I, oh, I can yeah. I can work with you on that. Oh, that oh, makes sense. I attended like a symposium on kind of like they called it a sequential art symposium, which is a term I hate. And it, <laughs> kind of I I can talk a lot about sort of like flick through ability and kind of how sort of like panels work and stuff like that. And yeah, you do need to kind of like open the book out in front of you and kind of just yeah yeah immerse yourself yeah. in that, that world that yeah. definitely does make sense yeah. well actually sense. i didn't touch on this so you mentioned in your bio so you write comic book stories as well yes i do yeah how long have you been doing that for um so i've been doing that for about three years um i've had two comics published so i've uh, had a digital comic published uh, uh called gorky and izzy which is available on Comixology, and I had a strip published in the Jeremy Corbyn comic as well. So yeah, by Self Made Hero. Yes, you did. I know. I knew I knew this name. Really? Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. I knew I knew that name. All right, I'm just very. That's fine. I'm very. I've had a really. It all comes back to Jeremy. <laughs> hey, Jeremy. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's I awesome. Have that at home. Oh, look, you're a fan. <laughs> I'll get you to sign it for me later. I don't bring it. You're not coming back to my house. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) After I've locked you in this dungeon. (laughs) Come back to my home. Stranger danger. It is is a murder arena episode, to be fair. Yeah. And I am going to murder someone with my plinth later. We're all going to stay sexy and not get murdered. (laughs) Um, Okay. Are you ready? The score is settled. Well, it's not because he chose both. But, um, okay. I I don't know how you're going to describe this, but can you... For listeners, give kind of your take on this book, what it's about, um, before we kind of go into why you chose it and what it means to you. Can you kind of give a brief overview of what it covers um, for idiots like me? Okay, so it's a graphic novel that um, explains why the financial crash happened and um, explores the reasons, the factors behind why the people making decisions made the decisions that they did and why it's financial crash is likely to happen again and what we can kind of do to campaign against it nice uh he makes it sound so simple yeah it's not i mean it is <laughs> it is kind of but not but this book helped to make it i can't speak english sentences this book helped to make it i can't speak uh, this book helped to make it simple Be- I, yeah i think one of our worries with it was uh not <laughs> I know nothing about economics. Yeah. I mean, I know the kind of basic, like, why it's important in terms of the political framework of society. Um, and <laughs> uh, how um, 
how the bankers contributed, how the, the way that they behaved contributed to the was cause of the crash and how that sort of rippled throughout the world and especially throughout Europe. I know those basic, like in a very umbrella terms of things. Um, I didn't really know the ins and outs of some of the mad crap that they did that was just crazy and like, what like made up I'm scared of maths these guys like made it up they were like oh we'll add this together and add this together and we'll make this and it'll be bingo like it's crazy madness but he does it in such a nice simple way that when you don't know the ins and outs you don't know the intricacies you don't know the nuances you didn't go to LSE (laughs) like it makes sense in a way which is like this is what they did this is what the outcome was this is the motivation and this is what happened and that to me was so like okay I've learned something I understand this now and I feel like I could have a conversation about it and it was a really enjoyable way to get that information which on paper could potentially be a bit dull and overwhelming I think if if you were reading this story as like a traditional book I wouldn't have been able to get through this no there's just no 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 chance whatsoever like the straightforward comparison to this book is The Big Short I don't know if you've seen that I so haven't it's been on my list on Amazon Prime for a very <laughs> long time but I haven't so that that also explores kind of um the financial crash in a very kind of like I think the term used by a lot of people is like popular economics so it's not kind of like getting too deep into like the economic theory but just looking at why the people acted that way they did and um yeah it's just it he, his art is really simple and you just think well this is kind of like you know, first time I read a D- Daryl Cunningham book, I thought, why is he like drawing kind of like drawing like the way that he is? But it, he's putting across such dense ideas that if the the artwork was any more complex, it, it'd be too much on the page. If that yeah. makes sense, yeah. yeah. I actually found the artwork like really charming and yeah. like because it is, it's quite like simple. It's yeah. almost like childish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing from that I I was kind of trying to get across to, to Beck when we kind of spoke about it just before we, we got here tonight. Um, it's sort of, in a way, like the economic crash for dummies, but it doesn't feel condescending. Yes. And it doesn't feel like it's trying to explain it to a dummy, yeah. even though, like, I personally feel like one. So it, it felt really accessible, and it felt... Uh, I don't know how he he's managed to do it, like, to take such insanely dense concepts and, and boil them down in a way that does make it understandable as a like a first time kind of reader into something like this um but yeah i think the art complements it really well yeah. and i think yeah i didn't even think about that you're right that if it had been more complex art it would have felt the whole thing would have felt more complex yeah. well, and therefore intimidating the simplicity of the art exactly like we were saying like it puts an idea in your head so when we were talking about the mortgages earlier it was like the good ones are at the top and the bad ones are at the bottom and you put it in a pile and you, you send it off to someone i I remember that because of that image of the little man with the stack of the mortgages yeah. and like that's stuck in my head so even if I don't understand the intricacies of what they were doing or how they were doing or, or what that meant in terms of like economics or politics or, or, or yeah or what words were on those managed, pieces yeah, of paper like, it's like the shiny ones go at the top the I'm, shit I, colored yeah. ones go at the bottom I, rem- I remember that because of the simplicity of that image and yeah. because of the words that he'd put with it so in my head I'm like this is what they do they bundled it together and the people weren't supposed to notice that the crap ones were at the bottom and they just yeah. sent it off and that simplicity took some of the bits of language that maybe I was losing track of or, or some of this kind of nuances between like the the kind of historical like 
also where theories like some of the social theories of like objectivism collectivism yeah. and stuff which are big words which sound like l- things that i need to read like books about <laughs> yeah. um so I, I i wouldn't be able to sit someone down and say this is what these things are but i can explain to them that they did these things in this way and the result was this and a lot of that comes down to the imagery that went along with it i think yeah so i mean he's um I think uh, Daryl Cunningham, I think he used to be a psychiatrist. So his first two books were kind of like semi-autobiographical explorations about um, sort of different um, case studies that he did while he was like practicing psychiatry. And um, I think that kind of basis, you know, gave him the grounding to sort of really kind of explore kind of like the psychological uh, uh, motivators for why the the people were making the decision that's why i think he's kind of started with ayn rand because you need to understand what the the key um the key philosophy behind the financial system is at the moment and yeah. that's she's kind of unfortunately she the heart is of it crazy and i had no idea that i obviously knew her yeah. name i yeah. knew the fountainhead name i knew these books existed i knew they were a bit crackers yeah. and very right wing and had these sort of mad theories about society but i kind of thought they were Sort of weirdly dystopian. I didn't realize I like didn't our realize current banking like, system was based <laughs> on like more yeah. or less a science yeah. fiction novelist. Yeah. And she shouldn't be surprised. Horribly, and is just awful. And yeah, that to me was complete. And for the first, we were saying earlier for the first sort of ten pages, I was like, why are we chatting about this fiction writer? I don't get it. And then as the not as it was going on, I'm like, oh my god, but he knew her, and she. Yeah. What? That is crackers. That's absolutely nuts. Yeah blew my mind and what an interesting way to get into it yeah, as well to the, like you're like what is this how does this connect yeah. and then when you put it all together you're just like what yeah that that blew my mind a bit yeah I mean she, she like people say oh would you go back in time and kill Hitler I would <laughs> maybe substitute that would you go back in time and kill Ayn Rand I, I I don't know <laughs> I yeah. really I think I yeah I mean, I mean she like for like multiple yeah. reasons one all of the economic yeah. political side of things that she distorted so many realities for yeah. people she also treated people so uh, poor frank o'connor i just oh think, god yeah I, him oh. and his plants i've never been sadder for a man leaving his plants as i have been for frank o'connor <laughs> and what happened to his career he was like an actor and then she took him under her wing like she took everyone destroyed his life and then left him kind of derelict and then got annoyed when he fucked off and died like i mean yeah, the bit where she's he's got um I think he's got dementia or something, and he's she's forcing him she's to do these. Forcing him to do these exercises. Oh, just, oh, just. It was so cool. Yeah. So there's multiple reasons. Whereas Hitler, you're like, you, I mean, you were totally cruel, yeah. man. Um, but she was cruel. <laughs> was just a bit deranged, and also messed up a whole societal system for generations. Like, and yeah. will still yeah. realistically because this green. <laughs> Greenspan. Greenspan, yeah. <laughs> Green blob, yeah. Greenspan. He's like still. He's still quite an influential he's figure. Still influential. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. that's crackers. Yeah. Has he read this book? Have people that know him read this book? Because if they had, I'd call him into my office and yeah. be like, "Dude, you need to. <laughs> you, need you need to, to answer for what you've done." Yeah. Sir. This is this is not cool. The the Fountainhead was fiction, man. Like, run on. <laughs> I think you should I, get him on the phone. That's the conversation I, I'd have. I think like the the interesting thing about the 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 first section of the book is that um, there was another libertarian that um, was talking about Ayn, Ayn Rand in the first section of the book, and he said he left that group because he was just the force of his personality yeah. 
was so dominating. So I, I just kind of I'm quite a will, weak willed person. So I can just imagine if I was like in that circle, I probably would be espousing the same sort well, of you c- bullshit. Well, you can understand that you, yeah. it because like I spe- with Nathaniel and Barbara, they were young. He was like 19 or yeah. something. They were young students. They yeah. were just going to college, and he had this powerful woman who was 30 years yeah. older who was telling them all of these things about life yeah. and they were you know on the right and trying to find their way and that that's a hell of a lot of influence yeah. and then even when they tried to leave she went with them yeah and then they live in the same apartment like it's all very creepy it's weird, it's all yeah. weird about it's a grooming weird. going on there <laughs> like weird political grooming yeah. yeah um but yeah you can kind of see how as a young person you've read something that you you love and you meet the person that read it and you would be overwhelmed if I met the person that was like my greatest influence as like a 17, 18, 19 year old and they took me under their wing I'd be like whatever you want yeah, yeah. you're a goddess because yeah. I, I wasn't a fully functional person yet I hadn't done my education I didn't know I didn't I hadn't drawn up those conclusions of life and you can kind of see how she took people that she knew she could train to be that voice for her yeah. and then sent them into the world and it's creepy yeah it's a bit of a cult well but they 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 do say like oh it wasn't a cult it just kind of sort of behaved okay, a little yeah. bit like one yeah <laughs> it just got well yeah cult-ish, yeah, cult-ish. Yeah. cult adjacent yeah. <laughs> at least i wasn't really in a cult <laughs> just like on the same street yeah but like just pop my head in we just every now a lot and again of their themes and like <laughs> So how did you discover this book? Was this the first Daryl Cunningham you read? It sounds like it wasn't. No, I, I read... So I used to be part of a um, graphic novel reading group out of um, East Barnet Library. And the first one I read was Psychiatric Tales. That was that, That's another really good book. And then I was just um, kind of looking in the library again and this this book came up and I grabbed it off the shelf and read it and... It made me so angry. <laughs> it made me so, yeah. I was yeah. so upset. I was angry, angry about things I never, like, yeah. knew I would ever be angry about. I was like, oh, the free market. Yeah. And I was like, who are you? That's not anything you've ever yeah. been mad about before. I yeah. did some book yelling. There were moments when I was like, what the fuck? This, and then Nigel Farage popped up. And said, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, beautiful is, character This is him. not the time for me to be reading this book. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, no. Uh, as the British pound is falling that no one likes to report here's Nigel Farage in this nice book about crashing economy what a way to start the year Um, (laughs) did did, did you know about did you what was your knowledge of about the the crash before reading this was this a bit of an I knew I knew kind of a little bit um because two of my close mates are kind of accountants and I was like just asking them what's going what's what was going on did they have an answer for that (laughs) I also used to practice like property law as well, so I I did have Ah, kind of a little bit of kind of um, a little bit of an inkling, but I just I didn't no idea of the depravity of some of the behaviour was is is just you people. (laughs) Just I read a bit of this last night because um, I wanted to just familiar. I read it um, just before Christmas and thought let me just flick through it again and I just went to bed so angry yeah. just kind of like screaming into the pillow <laughs> <laughs> it's the madness I think one of the things that really annoyed me. so having worked like I've worked in education I've worked in mental health I've worked in charities I've worked sort of across a range of different things 
And in none of those professions would I be able to waltz in and be like, I'm going to make up this thing, right? So we're going to take this thing, we're going to take this thing, and it's going to equal this thing, and uh, it's going to risk everyone's lives. And like, no one's going to step in and, and regulate And no one's going to step in. Like, no, I, I would not get away with that in any profession. And it seems crackers to me, and it makes me really, really angry that some essentially, like, young white boys in suits on some piss-up in wherever, whichever island they were on... Yeah like came up with this mad idea and no one said anything like because all of the people affected it 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 serves them well so they're like yeah. well i want to continue to line my pockets so i'm just gonna pretend i, I haven't mean, heard or seen anything even the dude that did get fined at the end was like it was such a minuscule amount of money and he just was gonna retire and he was like yeah. oh you can't be in charge of anything he's like dude i'm like 108 i'm not gonna well, be in charge of anything it goes even further than that because the reason why there wasn't any regulation is down to kind of Ayn Rand's yeah. free market philosophy. So even if they hadn't come up with that, that you know, the credit default swaps, CDCs, it would have, they would have come up with something, yeah. Yeah. something else. Yeah. And no one would have been there to Which, stop them. And, and that, that's yeah. balmy. It's like me walking into a classroom and saying, so I was reading Voldau <laughs> and like, he does this thing with raisins. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sorry, I've literally <laughs> just finished like, that book of short stories, so I know exactly. What he does is he like like wax and sleeping pills in the rain. It totally chills out all the birds, and then he has them all under his control. I was yeah. thinking we could do that with the kids, right? Because <laughs> like, sometimes they go a bit nuts. But if I leave like raisins with sleeping pills, then they'll be like really chilled out, and we can get through the lesson. There'll be less of the mayhem. Can you imagine like <laughs> what kind of shit I would be in if I did that? Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you. The, it was bad enough making them play Sleeping Lions once now when they were annoying me. <laughs> but the thing, the thing that is even more angering is that, like, this isn't a secret. Yeah, okay, it's in this graphic novel, and yeah. I'm sure it's in other books <laughs> that I haven't read, yeah. um, and probably and like many, and many like, investigative yeah. news pieces. And so it's it's not a secret. Yeah, it's it's like swept under a rug, but also like, the public is aware of it. We yeah, can't yeah. do anything. Like, it makes yeah. you feel really helpless and really angry that this like s- yeah. select few get to. I mean, and you could say that about so many things right now, yeah. politically and 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 whatever. But it's just mind-boggling that this yeah. is allowed to happen and, and, it's you, like, and you can see it like you said uh, at the beginning you can see it happening again you can see how this i mean how this madness happened like it's it's essentially greed power and control yeah. like these are the things that have led to this and increasingly and it dies down for a bit and then you get again that sort of rise of greed power and control and how can we use the things around us to create that that bubble of yeah, control for the people at the top, and you can see how it how it happens. Yeah, and it's really it, it like. I mean, yeah. what do we do? Fahad, do you have the answer? I Surely you've come I, on to I, tell I, us I, the answer. I have not. I, I don't. I I don't know what. The, I think the answer is to give everyone that votes this a copy of this book because yeah. they'd stop blaming it on sort of like Polish plumbers coming into the I country taking their entirely. job. Stop yeah, blaming yeah. it on the poor. It's you know I. Uh, one of my close mates is a fund fund manager okay he's not a bad guy yeah but people need to understand that it's not the poor it's not immigrants it's the guys at the top yeah that you know that have done this kind of not not just to our country but countries around the world yeah you know 
I, I was thinking that as I was reading, it, I was like, we need to give this to every 16 year old. We need to give this to, it should be like in job centers. Like yeah. <laughs> the reason yeah. that you are sat here right now is because of this shit. Yeah. Like this is yeah. what happened. This is why your high streets are closing down. This is why the cash points are being taken out of places and you, you actually can't get money to use anyway. This is why you're losing jobs. This is why no one can buy a home anywhere on the yeah. planet anymore like let's <laughs> all so just go and live in a teepee maybe we'll get really drunk and come up with a crazy idea and then bring it back to a bank i don't know <laughs> like the, it's it's all it's basically a small group of people at the top of some building coming yeah. up with with mad stuff from some crazy woman's book from years ago yeah. and the rest of us are suffering and then we blame the people that we see around us because it's way easier than trying to get your head around what what is it, it was called oh. <laughs> neurological basis of political thinking mm. yeah but i mean that's that's the other thing he kind of covers in this book is that even if you produce really good evidence to people they're not going to change their minds yeah you know, it's the climate change Election thing over again mm. yeah it's just <laughs> oh I, was, I i read this book kind of like the week during that election oh, yeah. was happening and i just i still haven't recovered <laughs> God, we had to swear on here, so yeah. I only just stopped crying. I literally was in bed for about a week after that. Yeah. <laughs> it was the saddest day of my it life. Was not. I was just texting her like, "Are you okay?" No, <laughs> I don't. I I don't know what to say. Yeah. I'm sorry. I voted UKIP. I'm just kidding. You're not even called, <laughs> not even called UKIP anymore. <laughs> Brexit party now, fam. Brexit. I know that's why I, that was the teaser. <laughs> Didn't do it because yeah. Ugh, yeah. God. It, but this is I reading this is exactly. I was thinking about that whole not just that we but that election campaign when I was out speaking to people and they were saying really bizarre stuff to me about how that blaming exactly yeah. the same blaming immigrants and working class and disabled people and all of this and I'd be on the door and I was hearing this over and over and over again I'm like where are you getting this from like have our out like outlet resources our educational resources whatever they may be whether it's the news whether it's the media whether it's social media whether it's journalism whether it's our our terrible schooling system are these things so limited in the capacity to resource people for information that we're literally buying into anything that the people that seem to be in power or in control, by which I mean shouting the loudest, are, we're just ag we're agreeing to whatever they're saying. Because some of the crazy stuff I was hearing people say, even to the point where people were like, oh, you know, I think it's really time we gave the Tories a chance. Like, dude, they've been in power for 10 years. <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? Like that kind of level of not understanding what was happening on the ground and the disconnect between society, politics and the community seems more than it has ever been. And then when I was reading this, I was thinking, oh, crap, we're kind of going back to that control, greed, power thing again, aren't we? Yeah. And people don't have the resources to under not understand. That sounds way too patronising, but don't have the resources to connect those nuances. Yeah. Which is why I think something like this book, and once again, not to sound patronising, because I am the type of person that would never, ever pick up a book about economics the whole, I mean, I can't, uh, people start talking politics around me and I get really, really nervous because I, you know, I've got a few like sound bites, you know, as it were. I, I know what I believe in and I know what I care about, but I, and especially because obviously, don't know if you can tell by my accent, didn't grow up here. So, you know, uh, the, the nuance of, uh, and the history of British politics is something I never learned. So I, I fear kind of, I don't, and you don't know where to begin. You know, you feel like, what, do I 
pick up a textbook, Encyclopedia Britannica, <laughs> you know, like where do I where do I even begin? So something like this that is is so accessible, like made a topic that I would literally literally when you when I read your application to be yeah. on the podcast, I was she was terrified, horrified, just oh my god, like. And like there were scheduling mishaps, and I was grateful every time. <laughs> like pushing this episode off, I'm not lying. Like yeah. I was like, oh, thank God, we don't have to do that one yet. Like, oh God, oh God, like so, so scared because I, I just felt I'm not smart enough for this. I'm not knowledgeable for this. It's going to go right over my head. And I think part of like that's the problem is people feel like it's such an overwhelming thing, and it's so over their head, and it's politics aren't for them, and economics aren't for them. Um, that to have it broken down in such a way, like. I'm I'm amazed. Like I I'm so glad that he's written this. Yeah. And I'm I'm assuming, but of course you can tell us in your own words. Um, you know, I'm assuming that's probably part of the reason that you chose this. Yeah, so I had a really long hard think about which book I was going to choose and I knew it was going to be a graphic novel. I just I didn't know quite which one which way to go and this this has had like a huge kind of impact on me recently. I wouldn't say it's like the most impactful book in my reading career but recently I, th- I think this one has really impacted the way that I've, I see the world and kind of understand that you know they're human monsters out there and they're you know they're not um, they're, you know they're not on the streets kind of like you know harassing old ladies they're they're in Canary Wharf in the banking buildings, in that West, in Barclays, and they're doing things because they think they're righteous, and that's the scary thing. They mm-hmm. think their behaviour is righteous, and it's not. It's 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 selfish and it's wrong, and um, we need to find a way to stop it. We yeah. do, yeah. I I'm super super glad, and, and similarly, I was like, graphic novel about economics. I know nothing about economics. I'm, j- yeah. I'm I honestly, I'm not lying when I say I'm scared of numbers. Me and maths have never got on. <laughs> I, I used to cry in school if we had a maths class. So anything remotely close to being a number, and I am petrified and I run in the opposite direction. I, I I did not spend all my life studying words to be reading a book about economics. So this this scared me as well. But I I loved it for all of the reasons that you said and 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 as well like I think I know what I care about I know the things that are important to me I also know the disconnect between people um, and we have we've increasingly and I can kind of see where it comes from having read this increasingly we have this idea that wealth is measured in profit margins and pound signs and dollar signs and and how many properties you have and how many shiny suits you have and all this kind of stuff and we forget the wealth in reality comes down to the people on your street the people you connect with the the way that we engage as a community and the way that we build things as a society and we've come so far from that and this book kind of showed me how and why that had happened and what happened when you really like hit the roof of that and where where, like things just tumble down because you can't go much beyond like keep like how do you keep creating that wealth if if you're if you're looking at it in paper money like you can only go so far and at some point your morality slips away and i'd I'd say it slips way way down before you get to these people yeah whereas like what what really makes us as people and makes us a society and makes politics work which is is when societies work together is when we realize that the wealth are in the people and not in the pounds and and 
we've fucked up because we've been doing it the other way for a long time and Ayn Rand has a lot to answer for yeah. and maybe her mother does and she should have just let her keep her teddy bear oh god uh, yeah yes honestly like she was three and you t- asked her to pick which teddy she didn't want come on yeah. have all of them it's all Ayn Rand's mother's fault <laughs> yeah it's always the mother hi Gail women are the worst <laughs> oh hi mom what's <laughs> up Gail uh, I wonder if mom will read this <laughs> yeah she should come on Gail get with it um <laughs> So, all this aside, so so basically, I mean, once again, I can feel like I can guess your answer, and it would be everybody. But who would you recommend this to, and why? Um, I think I would give this book actually to people who don't vote. That's I, a good shout. I, you know, I think if if you if you vote regularly, if you voted sort of to remain or to leave, your your I think your mindset's kind of set. But if you don't vote, this book might give you the the motivation to get off your ass and get involved yeah. and get you fired to, up about something. Yeah. Get you fired up about something and, and direct your anger at the at right the, at the right people. <laughs> yeah. get, direct your anger at the right people because um, it's it's not your fellow workers that's causing you not to, to get a job. It's it's you know uh, companies like Amazon who aren't paying their taxes. It's um, Bankers that are not working in service of their customers and clients, but only working in service of lining their own pockets. And it's the the politicians and the regulators that aren't doing a sufficiently good job of reining or any these, job any job of reining these people in. Mm. So I mean, those are the people that you should put your anger towards, not um, your, your fellow man. Really, yeah. yeah brilliantly said i also as i was reading this just really want to shout out to iceland who like such a cool country for yeah. like, locking your bankers up and and just working together as a community and as people to eradicate all of the worst things in society yeah. and make life better for everyone that's all moved there read this book we're all going to go to record <laughs> <laughs> i mean i do like iceland, iceland but it's a little chilly it is cold yeah. we can go in the summer i'd it's love like to go hang out with bjorks so I was I was intrigued when asking you to like pick a quote, but I know you picked a little kind of yeah. passage from the end of part two. Um, so would you like to? Uh, <laughs> I can't. Would you like to? I was going to say like bestow a reading upon. <laughs> you can bestow. A reading. Yeah. Would, would you, you like, like to, to bestow a reading upon? It's our new catchphrase for twenty twenty. <laughs> so uh, I know that you've picked a quote. Yeah. Would you like to bestow a reading uh, I, 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 will, I can't even do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll read a, a little bit from the, the sort of the last couple of pages of the section two. Across the Western world, the financial sector has achieved undue influence over governments, has managed to undermine democracy and turn private sector crisis into a public one. Nearly everywhere, the general public has been presented with the bill for banking incompetence and criminality. In Britain, the right-wing coalition government has pressed on with austerity measures despite all evidence that such policies can only slow an economy's path out of recession. This is because, for the political right, economic recovery is only a secondary aim. The main purpose of the austerity programme is to dismantle the welfare state, bring down wages and fully marketise the economy. The shrinking away of the state is a long-held libertarian dream, but one that can only continue the process of handing power over to the unaccountable corporations a prospect even worse than the state tyranny because in democratic government at least the public has some kind of role yeah that was a bit that nearly made me cry they do like to dismantle the welfare state people need welfare 
Ayn Rand needed welfare at the end of her life for crying out loud. Right, oh, but I paid in, so I'm allowed it. That's That's the way we all do. That's what welfare is, you dick. (laughs) (laughs) The NHS is free at the point of need because we pay our taxes to pay for it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, that that when I read that bit, I did feel, especially like given we've just come out with a talk for election, I I did just feel like I have seen this. I've seen the decline of the welfare, especially in the areas that I've worked. I've seen the decline of social provision whether that's education health or whatever it else is and and benefits are such a small percentage of that and people don't realize that they are that's like such a tiny percent and people in their minds think it's the biggest percent it's not it's a lie it's that they want to dismantle it and they don't want people to have what is a perfectly reasonable safety net which just as i ran did you pay into and then you get your job's worth when you need it yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. Beck's about everybody. to hulk out of her jumper right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, another thing. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's quite. You should be angry. Yeah, you should be. Everyone should be absolutely flipping furious. Yeah, yeah. They are, but just maybe directing their anger at the wrong people, which is a shame. Angry yeah. for the next five, ten years. It's going to yeah. be great. Woo! Well. <laughs> I guess there's no way to end this. There's on. no good answer. Although I, I mean, did like how he ended the. He did actually yeah. end yeah. it on a on a on a, a hopeful it's note. Sunny, you know, we've sunny, yeah, we've sunny overcome yeah. many. Yeah, we've things. overcome racism. We've overcome sort of like. I mean, have we? Well, you know. <laughs> well, comparatively to where comparatively, we were, yeah. women can vote. Yeah. You know, we yeah. slavery is abolished. Like we have, we but have overcome dark times before, and like yeah. that, we should think that it's not hopeless and, and we should be able to and do I it again. And I enjoyed the ending for, for that reason because yeah. it's so easy again especially like the beginning of the new year is we've just had a horrible December and that hopelessness the problem with hopelessness is it can drag you down and it can just it stops you moving and anger can be very finite in a sort of like blah, 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 the end and sometimes we need to remember that overcoming is part of what makes us great and makes us stronger and it's part of what makes the decisions we make for society stronger as well when we overcome a challenge we tend to learn from it and by learning from it we make things better for other people so as awful and dismal as it all is hopefully one would hope surely somewhere down the line we'll get like a new age Greta Thunberg of the economics world and she'll teach us something we'll learn from it and we'll be better the pendulum has to swing back hopefully yeah towards justice yes Yes. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Yay, justice. Should we leave it on that positive <laughs> note yeah. then? That's a more positive note to leave it on. We, sh- we shall and will. Yeah. Bad, thank you so much. Thank for you. Thank coming. you for having me. Surprising us. Surprising us entirely yeah. with this book that we were terrified of. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, where is there anywhere people can find you mm. online? Yes. So um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Social Blunderer. Um, if anyone's got a job I'd quite like to, to hear from them because I'm out of work at the moment <laughs> yeah, so yeah give me a job please um, yeah and if you want to buy sort of a Gorky and Izzy on Comicsology that'd be also great nice yeah. Yeah. awesome well thank you uh, you can find us online on uh, yeah com. if you want to bring us a book I mean turns out we will read anything we will read anything <laughs> um, you? you know can you can you outdo a graphic novel about economics I challenge you do you have a textbook on conceptual mathematics <laughs> okay actually I, I take <laughs> back the challenge please don't I do am that prepared. to us a plus b equals x times y that's algebra people I, mm-hmm. I don't Nailed know what it. you're talking about um, <laughs> yes please apply to be a guest yaopod.com you can find us on Facebook 
we have a Facebook group. Gail's in there. My mom. She'll say hi. It may hi be. Gail. She probably won't. Um, <laughs> Twitter at Yalpud. Instagram at Yalpud. Yeah. Follow us. Um, and if you like what you hear and you want to help us out this year, um, help us keep coming out with awesome content, you can find us on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Yalpod. Um, you can throw us some of those those numbers. Um, we love wealth. We promise not, not to use people. them for evil. <laughs> we, we, we will use our numbers for good. Please line our pockets with your hard-earned money. Um, we will sell your pockets to the highest bidder. <laughs> he will pass it on to a smaller bidder. Yeah. He will go bankrupt and die. No. <laughs> Right. socialising the risk that uh, <laughs> the father was, was taking in the first place. Yeah. Oh share the wealth, share the risk. Yeah. That's uh, how it works, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, until next time. On that jolly night. Happy reading. <laughs> Bye. Farewell. Bye. Bye. Your Own Words is hosted by Alison Dunnings and Becky Graham. It is recorded in London at the Pitch Room in Runway East, Soho. Theme song by Natasha Pasternak. Read along with us at yowpod.com. <laughs>